Hello, and welcome back to What Do You Want to Talk About, the show all about the guest. This week, our guest is computer science student, former automation consultant at Deloitte, and all-around interesting human being, Sean Meisen. Mm. Hello. Thank Welcome you. on the show, Sean. That's a really nice intro. Um, take two. Uh, so this is this is a second take of the intro because Sean decided to um, butcher the first one. So uh, we're not doing it again. Of course, nothing happened there. Of course. Yeah. So Sean, as you know, this show is all about you, and it's all about what you're passionate about, and I want to know more about it. So uh, Sean, concept. what do you want to talk about? I'm going to start off with a quote, Mark Zuckerberg. Roughly 2003-ish. Yeah. So, and this is from an instant message. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if you ever need info about anyone at Harvard, just ask. I have over 4,000 emails, pictures, addresses, and something else or something. But then it comes back with, people just submitted it. I don't know why. They trust me. Dumb. Expletive. That is the guy that runs the social media site that we all use. Like, mm-hmm. I know one guy that doesn't have it. And then you're talking about Facebook here. Oh, yeah, I'm talking about Facebook. Zuckerberg, he was he owns Instagram as well. Oh, everything and WhatsApp, absolutely everything. It's the bloody monopoly. Messenger, of course. And a lot of people just don't think about how scary it is. It's super scary. Like, okay, so obviously, it came to everyone's attention like Cambridge Analytica, the kind of stuff that they're doing. Mm-hmm. This was full scale voter manipulation, but we all know about that. I want to talk about what can you do. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, so and Sean. Where are they going with this? And like, what, if things were, took a turn for the worse, what could happen? So Sean, let's take me as an example. I have a Facebook account. I use Messenger and WhatsApp to communicate practically, like practically only use Messenger and WhatsApp to communicate. I um, share photos on my Instagram story uh, a lot. Not not a lot, but like throughout the day. So generally, um, there's pictures of my day. I have an Instagram account that I'm active on. I have what else do they own? I have, of course, I have a Facebook account. Not super active, but it has all of my like personal information on it. So if you're Mark Zuckerberg, what? A, oh, I have Messenger Pay, so they have all of my they have all of my payment information. Oh lord. Um, just trying to think how else, what else they would know about me. If the question is, um, how bad is it? Um, the answer is God help you. God help me. God. Okay. So yeah. Sean, worst case scenario, what happens to me? Well, nothing's going to happen to you, but what do they know about you? What, and what sort of can they figure out, figure out about you? What can they infer? So if you've got most of your messaging happening on messenger, I wouldn't worry about WhatsApp. It's encrypted. No one can read that unless they can. But that's a different question. Mm-hmm. They can choose to read people's WhatsApps, basically, by changing their um, encryption key to something they know about. Yeah. It's one of those things where they say they can't, but long story short, they can. Okay. Um, I would trust that. Okay. That's also total rubbish for me. Yeah. No one can prove that, but yeah. everyone knows it. Yeah. Messenger. If you're chatting on Messenger every day with everyone, and like the majority of your online messaging is happening on there, yeah. they can figure out a lot about you. So, like... I read an interesting thing where they can more or less tell where a relationship is going. And they can tell when a relationship is going bad, going well, just from messenger. Like, they can tell that very, very well, very, very accurately. At the same time, they can tell just a lot about you. They know a lot about you, better than you know you, supposedly. Yeah. As in, they can tell you the sort of, like, 
earning earning bracket you'll be in, the kind of when you'll when you'll marry, will you divorce, will you remarry, how many kids will you have? These are the kind of things that they're figuring out, and they can figure out from a really strangely like limited number of things, like fifty likes on Facebook is supposedly mm-hmm. the number at which they'll start to know you better than you know you. And I don't want to know how many thousands of likes and things that I've got. And I think by likes, I'm talking about comments here, comments and posts. I mean, that's because I think what what people often forget when they think about what they know about us is that I. So personally, I've we've just done this exercise, and what I named to you was all of the information that I have given Facebook and WhatsApp and Instagram, but have consciously given them. Hi, sorry, can I make a chat? Is that okay? Of course you can. Thank you, good to see you. I haven't seen you for ages. Yeah, it's been a long time. Absolutely. We almost have to address what just happened. So uh, we are, as always, well, as last week, we're sat in uh, a meeting room at Oxford Brooks University. Sean, do you mind closing the door? I may. And we're just going to keep rolling because... uh, this is a, a mom-and-pop shop production, and uh, stuff happens, and you just keep going. So, Sean, what I was saying was that, um, as mentioned, all of the information that I told you about is all of the information that I've given to Facebook and WhatsApp and Instagram, but have consciously given them. Like, I know that that's information that they have about me, and they're going to store. What I didn't tell you about was all of the information that I have shared in messages, in posts, in comments, in likes, in uh, like favorites, in uh, saves, in they know about as well. Well, they do and they know everything. And they, if they can't use it yet, they will do at some point until the government's where you are, tell them not to. And that's scary. We can get into like talking about, I don't know, Myanmar later, because mm-hmm. we will. But here's a fun here's a fun one. Here's a fun one totally separate. Tesco, right? I'm mm-hmm. gonna say it's Tesco. It's some superstore in the UK and they have a uh, rewards card. Mm-hmm. And like it gives you suggestions on what you want. Yeah. And based on what you've been buying. And so there's this woman who was just shopping usually, or mm-hmm. what seemed to be usually to her, and all of a sudden it started recommending baby stuff to her. Oh like, we've all heard this story. Pots and stuff. And like and it knew she was pregnant before she was pregnant. Before she knew she was pregnant, even. I don't understand how it did that. Well, because she'd probably been, like, buying, not comfort food, but, like, pregnancy food. Like, the kind of stuff. Like pickles and peanut butter. Exactly. And nothing else. (laughs) Yeah. And it knew she was pregnant before she was pregnant. And that's the kind of level of it knows you better than you do. Like, it can pick up on patterns because it's seen them before better than you can pick up on things that you might know intuitively. And, And that was just from her buying habits. That's... Facebook, the kind of information Facebook has on us is so much more, like, overarching and full and total. Mm-hmm. What would you do? So what could governments do and stuff? We're talking, like, um, we're talking weird, like dystopian Big Brother control, 1984. Proper, proper, proper. What could they do? Uh, look at countries where they've got weirder laws and they don't really care as much, so... They've used Facebook in places like Myanmar to try and find dissidents and people that they don't like and mm-hmm. go and arrest them. Um, but that's that's easy stuff. That's stuff that you can do as a public person, not as Facebook. Yeah. Um, do you know about Godwin's Law? No. Godwin's Law. The longer an argument or a conversation goes along, the closer the chances are of you of someone being compared to Hitler. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to start talking about the Nazis here. Okay. Big data. Oh, fun fact, IBM. IBM have a Nazi history. Look into it. It's really funny. They, really? They love to sort of like scrub it under the carpet. Um, it's not evil on their part. They were just doing business. But if, if anyone from IBM is listening and wants to offer me a job in their marketing department, I will forget all about this I conversation. I will take an RPA job in IBM. Hey, cool. Yeah, no, moving on. Like, for them, it was business, but they want to get rid of the history now because mm-hmm. of the obvious... Which makes sense because it, it doesn't look good. No, you, you would. Um, and they were just selling business machines. But what the business machines were doing were helping to organize genocide. Yeah. And that's the kind of stuff that we're talking about. It was public documents that were used to look into who's who, who's what, and who's where, to collect people and so, take them away. It's it's awful what was done with it. And this was public information. And that's actually the source of a lot of our privacy laws nowadays. A lot of our privacy laws come from what was done with data and like public data in the like nineteen thirties. And so what you're telling me if the nineteen forties were now and mm. Facebook had been around then you would be screwed. If you, if the powers that be didn't like you, you'd be screwed. What, well, the powers that be would know if you didn't like the powers that be. Yeah, they'd know very, very well through their million data points they have on you. Because you've, you've offered up to them willingly. Yeah. It's really screwy. It's, it's screwy because we do it because everyone else does it. And it's like, it's just accepted. That's but what you do. There's also a point Facebook. that comes because like, at least for me, I have thought about deleting my Facebook account. But... What I'm thinking is, even though I delete my Facebook account, doesn't mean they delete their data on me. And so there's there's like no going back. There is a law that you can request someone deletes all the data they have on you, more or less. Um, I want to say that's under GDPR. Don't quote me. I don't know. But you can do that. The question is, who else has that data? Because Facebook don't just use the data themselves. They sell the data on. Um, That's the big thing about the Cambridge Analytica. Wasn't Facebook processing that information? No. It was they gave access to it through an app, which just asked for... So, you know, you sign up to an app and it says, give this app access to, like, your profile and everything. This app will not post to Facebook. Yeah, well, what it will do is take every single data point Facebook has on you and use it. Facebook sell the data. It's not just ads directly that Facebook makes money on. It's selling that data and moving it onwards. And so your data, especially if you've used Farmville, God knows anything. I have used Farmville. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's sitting on a server somewhere. So all of that, so whenever I've, because I've had Facebook since I was 13 years old. So I've definitely played um, My Pets and Farmville and all of them. So when I, as a 13 year old, gave Facebook access, gave this app through Facebook access to all of my personal information, they still have access now? Good question. Don't know. Depends on that. Does the, is it, is it like... A moment in time that they get access to this data. So they get my data up till now. No, or that's a question. Um, do they keep getting... Because my data has changed since then. Where I live has changed. My age has changed. Um, my relationships have changed. My friend list have changed. Like, do they keep getting the updated information? Let's have a look. I'm going to go to Farmville. I'm going to try and go to the app right now and yeah. see, does it have information on me? This might be... And while, while you do that, I can then speak for a little bit about um, the marketing side of this. So I, of course, as a future marketer, think it's super interesting to have all of this data on people. Not for malicious intent at all, but simply to deliver a better advertising experience 
to the individual person. Like, I understand why people think that's wrong. Because you have to kind of trust the person to use the data how it should be used and to not have malicious intent with it. Because it quickly can become malicious and it's super easy for that data to be used wrongly. So I, I know it's troubling for people and it's going to continue to be troubling. And I bet you this is going to continue to be a topic of discussion for years and years and years to come. Okay, so this we're now looking at Farmville. I'm not sure what I'm looking at. So choose allow to save your farm. And I, oh, no, 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 no. I don't like this at all. It's it's just really scary. And I should. So I've loaded up Farmville, right? Yeah. And this I haven't used it in years. And yeah. um, browsers asked me to run Flash. Now maybe that's not a problem itself, but I didn't even know it was asking for Flash. I thought it was going to be asking for Facebook permissions. But literally, what I've got on screen is like this lovely, cutesy, happy, smiley person in a sunny field with some chickens eating corn, and they're asking. Choose allow to save your farm. And it's like to save your farm. It's it's just a bit manipulative, it's a bit malicious, and it's like So if oh. you if you after having not played this in years choose allow to save your farm, they get all your data again. I assume so. Yeah, okay. So that's our question answered there. That is scary, to say the very least. I like that you're reading a um a privacy vision focus, a privacy focused vision for social networks. This is a three thousand word essay by Mark Zuckerberg, which says absolutely nothing. Like I'm not going to go into the details. I don't think of this. he wrote that himself. It's, if I you were not, a billionaire, would you write that yourself? I, I wouldn't write. I that believe myself. he did because I think, like as a as a kind of CEO kind of person, you expect to do these kind of long things. Yeah, maybe, some, but maybe like, he had a team really helping him out. In fact, he almost definitely had a team helping him out. I reckon most of this was written by him. But it, the thing is. It doesn't help. It still says nothing. It says, yeah, we've got a real privacy focus coming up now because people don't want to be in the town square anymore. They mm-hmm. want the uh, living room. And then talks about giving over your SMS to your messenger app. And it's like, no, I do not want to give Facebook access to my text messages. Oh, as I did well that earlier today. I'm going to like, I want to move away from this topic. <laughs> I forgot that I did that. It just goes on. You did what? <laughs> I gave Facebook access to my SMS oh, earlier today. Oh, you're, you'll live. You don't know anything yeah. too funky. Um... I was going on with something here, and it was... I've lost it. Hey, help me out. All right, so I guess that's that's about as good an excuse to move on to our next topic. So we've talked about privacy, and we've talked about how big data can be horrible. Let's talk about how big data might be useful. Might be useful? Oh, you already probed me here. This is, this is my uh, coursework here, and uh, oof, oof. Should be good at this. So how might big data improve our lives? Say, 10 years from now, how has big data improved my life, Sean? Well, how's it already improved your life? Um, healthcare, if you go for a brain scan, mm-hmm. a lung scan, any type of uh, scan, you will already be seeing the benefits of big data. So what's happened is, in healthcare, they've got millions and millions and millions and millions of scans, and more or less, what you can do is, uh, what's, oh my god, I'm really losing this. More or less, they can tell they can diagnose things from a scan better than a doctor can. Yeah, it's seen millions of tumors, millions of clots, and yeah. all sorts of things through just scans. They're, they're fed in, and the networks have learned from it. And it can diagnose things through scans better than humans can, and look at generally lots of data and figure things out and diagnose people. And this is already happening. It's already happened. And that's cool. That's really cool. That is cool. So if I'm not sick, then how will it help me? 
If I if I don't get sick, how will it help me? Outside of healthcare, because healthcare is like healthcare is the shining example of yay big data. Look what it's done. Yeah, and people love to hear it. But yeah. I, I don't really know. I can't really think. Think about everyday life. What do you do in everyday life that might involve big data? So um, I'll take you for an average day uh, of mine. I wake up. I check Twitter. Check Reddit. Well, Twitter and Reddit have got their algorithms, and they've got their to sort of sort their feeds yeah. to give things to you that you might be interested in and that you might interact with. So straight off, we've already found a point where that's big fine. data improves my life. But supposedly, at least. So that's well, it's life. good. It gives you stuff that you want to hear, but at the same time, it also feeds an addiction. Um, yeah, because what what that, that means is that I don't get other stuff. True. That might be interesting it to me. Keeps you in your bubble. Exactly. So let's go through your day. Let's keep going on that. So one. then I'd I'd wake up, I'd get dressed, I'd have some breakfast, and I'd go to the gym probably. Usually taking the bus or walking. Um, I'd work out. I'd go home, and then I'd go to uni for the rest of the day. I don't know. I guess is there like a point to be made about big data for? Traffic? Yes. Um, Google. Go on Google right now. Mm-hmm. Google Maps and turn on traffic. And what do you see? You see big red lines everywhere. They've got so much data on traffic. Mm-hmm. I've always wondered, how do they get this data? Is it user-submitted or...? More or less, it's um, live data from phones, um, okay. mostly. There are sensors built into motorways. That's how things like... Um, oh, there's all sorts of services from forever ago. Mm-hmm. Anyway, long story short, here's a benefit. If you want to go from A to B, mm-hmm. pop a thing down on the map and press go, and it will tell you the fastest way to go. Yeah. That's on trains, that's on walking, that's on cars, and it will give you an incredibly accurate estimate. Yeah. That's that you just incredible. wouldn't be able to have before. Maybe that's not exactly big data, but it's data that's out there. That's much more or less Internet of Things, really. That's loads of devices are out there telling us where are, how are traffic conditions, where are things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gives you just a fantastic estimate of how long it'll take you to get from A to B and the best way to get from A to B. Interestingly, if everyone starts using this exactly the same systems, you can also start to do traffic management. So yeah. imagine there's three routes from A to B and everyone takes the route A to B. However, if everyone takes the middle one, the fastest one, it slows everyone down. Yeah. But it would have been faster if everyone got distributed evenly. What if every time someone went on the map and said go, Google chose which of the three to take them on to try and manage traffic because it knows people are going to use those instructions. That's, That's incredible. That is a very valid and very, very good example of the way it could be used. Could be. I don't know if it is. That's it incredible. Be. I've never thought of that before. It's a standard standard thing in like decision maths, um, that kind of example. Um, but yeah, anyway, anyway, Christmas lectures, good times. So... I'm stunned. That's that's such a good point. Do, do they do that now? I don't know, and I really hope they do. And if they don't, they will do soon. Well, I mean, I guess that the only problem with it is that it doesn't work unless everyone's on the same system. Yes. So if people are using Apple Maps and Google Maps and Waze and... I just can't think of any others. It helps to have, like some sort of centralized protocol and it gets really boring from this point onwards honestly mm. you're right that it helps if one if there's one company or one provider that everyone uses at the same time if all the companies use a similar format it's they can centrally not centrally they can have a system that works works cross platform 
Okay. It would work, but it might not yet. Damn, okay. Anyway, there's your positive. That is my positive. So moving on. We could get dystopian, we could get weird, but do you know, that's boring. Let's not. I've got a question for you, Simon. Yeah. It's 7 o'clock. 7 on Monday afternoon. Monday afternoon. And the world is going to end in 24 hours. Yeah. Armageddon. Proper yeah. asteroid impact. The world just ends. Yeah. What do you do? So I have 24 hours. 24 hours, exactly. Assuming that this is... It's not just me passing, it's the whole world is ending. This is the whole world ending. Everyone... Now, do you want everyone to know, or do you want just you to know? You have to give me one, because my response will be significantly different. We'll start with this. Only you know. Well, assuming that only I know, all traffic networks, all flight patterns, all of that is still functional and running. Uh-huh. Assuming only I know, I would leave this recording immediately. <laughs> Just leave my stuff, go home, get my passport, get my wallet, go to the airport and get the first... Actually, hmm... I'd probably say bye to people first, say bye to my friends. Yeah. I'd go to my friend's house, give them a hug, and say, tell them I love them. And they would be like, what are you on about? And I'd be like, what would I tell my friends? You'd be, the happy, world is be happy. No, you'd be really happy about it. You'd say something like, hey, don't worry, I've just, I've just got to go do something. But uh, there's I've a just, more... I've just got to go. Oh, no, you've won the lottery, Simon. Tell them you've won the lottery, and I want to go home right now to celebrate with your family. No, because there's a moral question here. Uh-huh. So I know. I know for sure that the world is going to end. Uh-huh. Do I have any proof that the world is going to end? No. I have no proof. You... I can't say you saw it in a dream, and you can't say you had a vision, because then all of a sudden you could just could just be a mental health thing. Yeah, exactly. And you'd probably go get yourself checked pretty exactly. quickly. Let's say... I don't know. How do you get definitive proof? Let's say you've had proof in front of your eyes, but you can't prove it to anyone else. Okay. It's you on your own. Okay. So I, I know for sure, but me, because if, if it was like I've seen an asteroid it's coming or I'm a scientist or something, the first thing I'd do is tell everyone because there's a moral obligation to let people know. Cause, is there? Yes, absolutely. Because I'm not special, even though I know. And everyone should have... <sighs> but if I tell everyone... Mass that panic. means that I won't be able to do the things that I'd like to do. But that's why you just have to be a good person to tell it. I would still tell everyone. See, I think, though, if you did that, everyone would start to panic or think that you're mad. One of the two, and probably the latter. I, think would, I would reckon it'd be like 90% think he's crazy. Probably even more than that. If, if, even if I had, like, definitive proof and I could show it to people. Coming from me, I still think 90% of people would think I'm just crazy. Because I, I would think, even if someone showed me definitive proof that the world was going to end tomorrow, and they weren't someone I particularly trusted with that issue, so I would not believe them. So if you right now were like, Simon, the world is ending tomorrow, and this is how it's going to happen, I wouldn't trust you. Yeah, no. I don't blame you. So what would I actually do? So give me, give me the full outline. So I, I know... I can't tell anyone because they won't believe me. What do I do? Um, I go hug all my friends, tell them I love them. I get my passport and get in the first plane back to Copenhagen, go see my family, tell them I love them. Um, 
I don't know. I don't have a lot of unfinished business, you know? I don't have... I have a lot of things I want to do, but none that would be doable in 24 hours. So there's no pent-up anger in there as well? No, there's none. There's, there's, no nothing, there's nothing like, oh, I need to do this before I pass. That's good. I guess because I'm 21, I don't have that pent-up anger yet. The world hasn't beaten me down quite yet. Speak for yourself. It'll no, come. Kidding, kidding, kidding. <laughs> It'll come. Hmm. I don't know. Okay, give me... Okay, so that's one scenario. If it was widespread panic and everyone knew there's a very obvious asteroid in the sky that everyone can see getting much much brighter it's coming and everyone knows it and i have 24 hours we all got 24 hours and we all know it i'm gonna go say bye to all of my friends and then probably get like I don't know. I don't know what I would do. What would you do, Sean? So, Let me turn this around completely. Sean, I'm happy with that. It is 7 on a Monday night. You're sat at university. You look out the sky and a big red metal ball, huge asteroid, huge asteroid, is filling mm. slowly, slowly getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger in the sky. You look on your phone, there's a crisis alert. It says, asteroid hitting towards Earth, all life imminent to... Take shelter, disease. lol. Take shelter, it won't work. Even, like, halfway through the message, the guy's like, my name is Thomas and I'm typing this out and we're all going to die. That's what he's saying. So... What do you do? I would go find... Wait, 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 let me, let me finish. Okay. So, you look down on your phone and you look up. You can already start to hear screams. People are crying. Some people haven't looked at their phone yet, and they're asking what's going on, and people are just standing there in disbelief. You're now you. What do you do? Go. I find a car. Although at the same time, you want to stay, stay away from main roads. Everyone knows this, so everyone's going to be driving, driving like a maniac. Yeah. Um, get away from a populated place. There'll be rioting. There'll be madness in the streets. Yeah. So you want to get away from that. But what, yeah. you, what I do want to do is get a car, and drive... Everyone would be driving, though. Everyone would be driving. Yeah. I would find the closest hill. I think a bicy- bicycle? No, not a bicycle. Yeah, no, no. A motorbike. Actually, I'll take would... that. Motorbike or a bike. One of those two. Yeah. Absolutely perfect. Would be better. I would go find the closest person to me, which... I don't know. Maybe my brother. Yeah. But I'd find them, and I'd take them, and I'd go to... He's about an hour away, though, on normal yeah. driving. That, you have 24 hours, 24 so that's hours fine. Good, it should be okay. Point. I'd get, like, a bit of camping gear from where I live. Yeah. Go find him, maybe some other people, and go find a very pretty place to go sit out. Get a bunch of bevs in. We'd all be panicking and, like, crying and, Jesus Christ, what's happening? But at the same time, you can go to the top of the hill or go out into the middle of nowhere where the screams have just about faded yeah. and watch it all happen. I mean, I think if it was widespread panic, I don't think I would panic because then I guess I'm just kind of... I would just kind of accept it. That's, that's, that. that's what's happening. And let's just try and get the best of it. I guess that's just how I am as a person. People do get that. Some people would panic. And some people, and especially in times of like, oh God, we are definitely going to die. People mm-hmm. get this sort of like peace about them. They sort of get this acceptance. Like you hear from a lot of people that have like jumped like long distances and they think they're going to die or yeah. for whatever reason they think they're going to die. And they get this weird peace about them because it's, it's definite. There's no fighting. There's no struggle to be done. You're dying no matter what. Yeah, I read this. Uh, it's interesting that you mentioned this. So uh, 
we both frequent Reddit quite a lot. And there's this subreddit that's called Ask Reddit, where you ask everyone who uses that subreddit a question. And I remember a few months ago, there was a question called people who've had near-death experiences or have been, no, people who have been legally dead. What was it like? And all of the responses are basically the same. So I'll, I'll give you an outline of, of one of the ones I, I particularly remember. is a, a young man who's been in a car accident. He's legally dead. And he remembers um, not feeling any guilt or any pain or any anger. Just total acceptance with the situation. He can hear his mom crying next to him. But he doesn't feel any remorse or any fear or any non-understanding of why his mom is crying. He all he remembers is laying in like warm jelly. That's what it feels like anyway. And being totally, totally okay with what's happening. And then the next thing he remembers is being brought back to life in the back of an ambulance and being super angry with the, <laughs> the ambulance staff for bringing him back to life. Supposedly, there's you get a shot of all sorts of weird, weird stuff in your brain. Yeah. Um, that's basically heroin. Yeah. Um, when you die. Supposedly, some people have said this could be total rubbish. Maybe that was it. Apparently, when you this, I've also read this. When you drown, that's the most peaceful way of dying. Because as soon as you give up and and swallow all of the 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 water and. Something is released in your brain. I really don't know enough about I don't this. Know, to I be don't know. I think there's a lot more. There's a lot more like thrashing and screaming. Yeah, probably. But like, I, when I'm not that believe passes, that one. It's because I've read. I read the the Nike founder's memoir, and I think it was his son that drowned, and he mentions in the memoir that after looking up what it was like what it felt like to drown. He was a lot more peaceful because it was, it's not, it's a quite a peaceful death. Anyway, they completely got off topic there. A little bit. So Unfortunately, though, we're not legally dead by this point. We are, we're a bunch of very happy, healthy, breathing human beings. Yeah. And we've got 24 hours and we yeah. know it. I don't know. What do you think would happen? Well, so... What would governments do? Because they know there's nothing to be done. I mean, they have the bunkers and everything, but they can all, They also have the mathematical know-how and the science people who are like, it doesn't matter. You, the bunkers aren't going to save you. We're well, all doomed. You'd rather do it than... I don't even know. So governments would do the full like nuclear preparation thing and God knows what. They get in the planes, they get in the bunkers. Yeah, I know, but it wouldn't matter. matter. No, it wouldn't matter, but at least they tried. And that might be the thought. Maybe, yeah. they, maybe they're thinking, well, what if the calculations are wrong? What if we do survive? Yeah. Even though they won't. I get that. Um, as far as people go, I don't know. I don't know. The odds, I mean, so I, there's some funky stuff that would happen. Let's I, not even mention it. But I think that like riding in the streets and people breaking windows and... Killing each other would be a lot less prevalent than people seem to think in popular culture. Because I just think people would go be with their families. That's what I would do. After an immediate panic, think that would be the night. I think the night would be terrible. Oh, yeah. Remember, the, night would be the world's ending at 7 o'clock on... And this is March, so that's just about sunset. It would actually be beautiful outside where we are. 
when the world ends. So the night has passed. The rioting's done. You've survived the night, right? Yeah. And you wake up, maybe. Kind of like the purge. Okay, if you manage to sleep. It's like the purge. You, you wake why up. Why would you sleep? I wouldn't sleep. Okay, good I point. wouldn't go to sleep. Yeah. No one could sleep, to be honest. No. You... It's sunrise. And the rioting has stopped because people are pooped. They're out of energy. What do you mm-hmm. do now? You, I don't know. I've got this lovely image of like people holding hands and singing and like being with their family or like big gatherings in cities where people sort of get together and sort of like try and be as merry and drunk as they'd like. What would a you cook people... for your last meal? Oh god. Um, do you know I've gone pesky recently, but I'd so cook up a steak. I'd cook up. Don't know. I'd cook up a nicest, steak. Nice steak. You know, because it's got to be stuff that you can get your hands on. Mm. I think. Ground beef is a pretty safe bet that you'll be able to get your hands on. And I think buns would be a pretty safe bet. I have cheese in my fridge. Well, I have the, tomatoes. shops just around the corner. There's a bunch of steak there. No one's going to go for that first thing, right? I think they will. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I think they will. I would cook a few steaks. Yeah, maybe. Because you may as well have three while you're at it. I would cook a burger, I probably think. Fair? Will you make it ground beef and everything from scratch? Or? Yeah, yeah, of course. Ooh, nice. That does sound good. Wow, okay, well, way to, <laughs> way to take let's, this down a notch. Let's go for just another last question on that one. All right. So, death row inmates get their last meal. Yeah. And they get to request it, and they get it. Yeah. What's your last meal? Well, do I have, is there a prize limit? Nope. No prize limit. Okay, uh, who's paying? Oh, don't ask, don't, don't ask these questions. Okay. You've got a last meal, it can be anything you want. What do okay. you want? Anything I want. I want a... Can it be multiple things, or is it only one thing? Um, if it fits on a plate. If it fits on a plate. I want a large margarita pie from Lucali's Pizzeria in Carroll's Garden, New York. Okay. That's it. Just that. Just that. That's very specific, and I like it. Um, what would you want? So, I'm just going to go back up, go... I'm going to go back on the steak. Mm-hmm. Just a small little portion of it. That's mm-hmm. just going to be on the side. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have it with some onion rings. Yeah. I'm going to have it with a sheik kebab. Yeah. Some people say shish kebab, sheik kebab. No. British, Indian, sheik kebab. Mm-hmm. Bit of kofti as well. Yeah. Lots of lamb, actually, I've just realized. Yeah. And one cheesy garlic bread from my local pizza chain, Herbie's. Do you know what hurts me? Herbie's is all around the like southwest of London area. Yeah. And it's not in Oxford. Oh, you literally God. look at a map of this place and it's everywhere, not Oxford. It hasn't managed to break into the, I don't know, Domino's and other places probably dominate over here. Sad times. Cheesy garlic bread, Herbie's pizza. Oh, no, God. You need to try it before you die, literally. And you would. <laughs> you would. Oh, God. Oh, and stuff. Um, no. Uh, oh, God. Uh, stuffing balls. Stuffing balls. Mom's I've stuffing never balls. been that big of a fan of stuffing, to be honest. So, I came to the UK thinking that your kitchen was garbage. And largely, I've been correct. Like, God, you eat a lot of awful, awful stuff. With all due respect to the UK, but you're not, you're not Italy, you're not Spain, you're not France. No. Um, but what I can get behind is the Sunday roast and the fry up for dinner. Those two meals you've nailed. You've nailed the Sunday dinner, and you nailed nailed breakfast so big you don't need to eat. So basically, for the rest of the day. if it's greasy, oh yeah, yeah, you've nailed it. Oh yeah. Also, Yorkshire puddings are 
amazing. Do you know they have those in the US and they call them turnovers? A turnover? Yeah. That, that hurts me. Yeah. Well, or maybe that's not correct and I've just been spitting garbage. No, I'll I'm fairly sure they call them turnover in the US. I'll believe it. Um, I'm just going to add a posthumous. Yeah, just put a Yorkshire body with a bit a Yorkshire body. <laughs> Yorkshire pudding with a bit of gravy on top of my body. So, Sean, I actually think that this is a uh, good time to uh, talk a little bit about something else and get back to what we were originally intending to talk about. So, earlier today, just came back from the gym, was on Twitter, and the Apple had an event today. Ooh. So, I turn it on, I switch it on just to, like, run in the background, and they're talking about... Um, their news platform is not super interesting. And I am I'm starting to read a book and it's still just running in the background. And then all of a sudden they mention this thing called Apple Card. And I'm like, what's that? So I look up for my book. And what they do is they've just announced a credit card service. Okay. So I just want to talk to you a little bit about the data that Apple now has on me. How scary. Apple knows my location at all times through my phone. So say that I have an iPad, an Apple Watch, an iPhone, and a Mac. They now know my location at all times through my watch and my phone. They can record everything I say from my watch and my phone. They know all of the apps I interact with. They have all of my financial information because all of a sudden they're also my bank now. Um, they know where I spent money because Apple Pay and and it's my wallet as well. They, they know everything about me, Sean. They can see me at all times throughout my webcam. Well, would you like to join in the ARC because um, Apple have decided you're actually such a fantastic person and they love all of the things they've got about you. Honestly, mm-hmm. every data point, you're a 10 out of 10. Yeah. And so they invite you to the ARC and you'll be saved. How does that sound? Sounds fantastic. I think that's okay. exactly what's going to happen. God, this is scary stuff, Sean. <laughs> I mean, I came... To, so let me take the, the listeners behind the curtains a little bit. So I, so I ask everyone who comes on the podcast to come up with three to five topics that they're passionate about and they'd love to discuss because this... It's the podcast about the guests, and, and that's just how it works, and that's less work for me. Anyway, so Sean texts me, and he's like, I only have one topic. And it's, and then I'm like, okay, what is it? And then he says two topics, privacy and big data. So all of a sudden, all, from the get-go, he's thrown me off completely. Anyway, privacy and big data. And I'm like, oh, that's cool, because I can then, like, because I study marketing, and I'm super into, like, uh, personalized advertising and all of that um, and segmenting and targeting customers that are relevant to your brand, telling them a story that they are going to care about. And big data is super useful for that. But after having sit and listened and thought about what you said, I no longer want to make that argument just because it's so bleak now. You've completely ruined it for me. You've ruined my profession, John. You're welcome. No, you haven't ruined it for me. I could probably get over this. But it is, it is scary that there are so few guidelines on how companies have to manage our data. I know that the EU have done GDPR, but is it enough? 
It was enough 10 years ago, and it won't be enough now, and it won't be enough in 10 years' time. Mm-hmm. There will be new laws, but it's a thing. Is it gonna... Laws are always behind mm-hmm. what's happening. So be wary of what's new, because who knows? Don't be doom and gloom about it. Like, it's not the end of the world. And, like... Yeah, it, this, this, this podcast is not us discussing... This podcast has been the darkest, darkest show. We're going to have to bring this back, because, like... What we have discussed today is how much Facebook knows about you and how they're going to be evil and use it for all the wrong purposes in the future. Would you because like Mark Zuckerberg is an awful problems. human being. Would you like a solution to all these problems? Sir? Stop using every... Stop living. Stop using literally no, anything. Delete your Facebook. Um, throw your phone into a river. Um, not before you buy a bike. Um, go cycling. Um, stop wearing clothes as well for that one. The sun will do you so much good. And um, just be a naturist, you know, until um, until you run out of food. And, yeah. So basically, stop being a functioning member of society. I've been doing it perfectly well for the last five years. Well, maybe not everyone can pull that off, but I'm sure you can. Sean, anyway, I want to make this conversation a little bit more positive. We've talked a lot about how big data and privacy is super scary, how Mark Zuckerberg may not be a good person. And what you would do if the world was ending in 24 hours. So let's go happy, shall we? Let's go happy. I am going to give you a scenario. Okay. You are rich. You have a lot of money, Sean. Okay. You have everything you could ever ask for. You, like, kids' college, all paid for. You don't have to worry about that stuff. You don't have to worry about money ever again. What I want you to do is make one big purchase. It can be literally anything. I want you to make a statement purchase. You know how like rich people have statement purchases? Uh-huh. Like they buy a yacht and or they buy a football club or they buy a statue of themselves and give them to give it to a city. What would be or they buy a tower and name it after themselves? What would your statement purchase be? What would my statement purchase be? I already know what mine would be. We'll start off with you then. So I would buy a stadium. So in the US, how, how they do it is that all major sports teams, they have stadium deals. So someone buys the naming rights of the stadium. I would buy the naming rights of all of the stadiums. And all of them I would name, like, give them really funny names. So what are we naming them? I don't know. I haven't thought it that far through. Well, I was going to go with... Or I was, just name them I after was going to buy one of the biggest planes in the world and yeah. paint it with a paint job which literally just says, drink more Ovaltine. Drink and I'd more... just fly around the world, you know? I respect that. You know? I respect that. But if it's the biggest plane in the world, you... You'll have to land quite a lot to refuel, won't you? Well, I'll buy a fuel ticket. Those things exist, right? You can buy the ones where you where you refuel your plane in the air. Have you seen that? Yeah, I've seen That's that. That's insane. That's crazy. That's when you know, like, goddamn, we're living in the future. So basically, I'd buy Air Force One. Exactly. And paint it with drink more Ovaltine. Drink more Herbaltine? Ovaltine. What's Ovaltine? Oh, you should be drinking more Ovaltine, you'll know. It's so a, like you're messing with me. Like that's I am messing with you. It's a weird, weird reference, and just like let's not, let's not. All right, Sean. <laughs> so you'd buy a plane. I would. 
And you'd drink more Ovaltine. Of course I would. Who wouldn't? What else would you buy? What else? You can buy literally anything. I can buy more than one thing, can I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything that has a price on it, you can buy. Ooh, I would buy a pyramid. I would build a pyramid, actually. I would buy... You'd build your own pyramid. Yeah, Where buy, would you I'll build, build it? Good question. Oh, no, I need to think about this, actually. Um, no, but you know what I'd buy? I'd buy an airport. I'd actually buy an old airfield. So, the UK is covered in old airfields. Mm-hmm. And literally, you can, buy, you can just buy them. Uh, they're really super, like, they're worth a lot. But money's an object here, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no. I'd, I'd buy an airport, I'd make it my own, I'd build a house on the site of the airport, and I'd only be able to, I'd only have me flying there. I'd build my own city. Okay. My stuff at the airport. Build a hospital, build a police station, build a fire department. Are there going to be trains? Build a train. It's really important to me that there are trains. Build, and build the train and lines. Public transit. Build the energy grid, build disposal systems, and then just watch the city flourish. And then I would name it. Simonville, Simon City, Simon Says, and I'd be the mayor. But I don't know where I would do that, because I feel like there's laws against this kind of stuff. Oh, without that kind of money? No, you that's true. I guess, I mean, Donald Trump's not even that rich, and he's the president of America, so. There isn't no Trumpsville yet. No, it's a matter of time. If you look in the southern states, I bet you there will be. A second term, that's actually, that's going to be the you, promise that gets know, him his new presidency. The, Trumpsville. Trumpsville. The Robert Mueller report came out this week, and it says he's done nothing, nothing wrong. It says nothing. It, it says, says nothing. Nothing with Russia collusion, and maybe he did a bit of other funky, a bit of funky stuff. Yeah. I think he's going to get a second term. <sighs> Don't say that. Stop well, being right, I mean, Simon. Hey, this is going to be a happy podcast. This is not a happy podcast. I mean, we're going is... to talk about planes and trains. <laughs> I want to talk about planes and trains. Okay. Okay. Public transport, yes. It's going to have high-speed rail, and yeah. it's going to have an airport, and yeah. it's going to have... Um, oh, God, what's it going to have? Zoning laws, man. We, yeah. can, we can talk about urban planning if you want. That really gets me going. Okay, let's talk about urban planning, Sean. Um, basically, suburbia is hell, and we shouldn't build it because look at the amount of land use it uses. Think about topsoil. Think about where you are sitting right now. That used to be topsoil, and we built over it. Yeah. And suburbia is a great way of using as much of that lovely fertile soil as possible, killing it and putting people on top of it. Build up, not out. Build up, not out. So, that, that's... without it looking like a communist dystopia. <laughs> Jesus, wow. So, if we're wrapping up, I just sort of want to know like, this is episode two of this podcast, right? Yeah, this is so, episode two. What's going to happen? What do you want to see out of this? So, I. As I mentioned in the first podcast, started this, I mentioned in the first episode, started this podcast basically as a form of procrastination because I had a managing business projects report that I really didn't want to finish. And now it's finished. And I've taped two episodes, this being the second. And what I want from this podcast, so my idea basically behind this was that I don't think that I have enough deep conversations with my friends, like meaningful conversations. Do you not find that? Like, I'll have conversations and I'll be like, oh, how was your day? But I, I never ask people what they think about stuff. I get that. There's my friend from home who I just don't know a lot about. Because they just don't want to have those kind of conversations. They're mm. a quiet person. I know them well. I've known them for forever, but there's stuff I don't know. I mm. get you. So, like, I feel like people had that before. Like, before... 
Facebook and before Instagram and before Snapchat, I feel like people sat down and had those conversations. And I don't, I was born in 97, so I don't really remember much of a time. Like, I remember having a VHS and all of that. But, like, most of my conscious adult life, all of my conscious adult life, has been with all of those tools. And I just feel like you don't really sit down and have conversations anymore. And this is just, basically, this is an excuse to do exactly that. And record it. Yeah, record cool. it. Put it on the internet for people to laugh at us at. Ruin my future employment <laughs> possibilities. Ditto. Tag me in it. I'm looking forward to it. Basically, I think... So this isn't... this. I think basically how I can sum this up is that I want to have meaningful conversations with people that I find interesting. And I find you to be interesting, Sean. Because... Not, be, not because of all the stuff you know about big data or your complete lack of trust in any major corporation. Basically. Or, hey, Google. Or your... You trust Google? I trust Google. You trust Google, but you don't trust Who trust just Facebook. came up on my phone. Oopsie. Oh, yeah, because you have... Hey, Google. I actually, I have, I have a Google Home Mini in my bedroom. I don't even want to start to think about what she's heard. Of conversations I've just like had with myself. Do you ever have conversations with yourself? I talk to myself all the time. All the time. It's um, usually, oh my god, Sean, what have you done? Or something like that. Most of the time for me, it's like, oh, I have to remember this. Or I feel like if I say it out loud to myself, I'll remember it more easily. Definitely, I get that. Oh, motivational stuff as well. Like, yeah, you just got out of bed. All right, Sean, big day. Let's go. Big you know what you're gonna do. day. Dissertation, exercise. The sun's out. You're going to see the sun today, okay? It's actually been super lovely weather this this uh, this spring. Spring mm. has sprung in, in Oxford. Spring has sprung and I'm wearing shorts. Are you wearing shorts right now? I am wearing shorts. Check these boys out. Wow. It's March. And I didn't match the socks. You didn't match the socks? My shorts. socks are a crime right now. <laughs> I think that's about as good a topic as any to wrap this up with. Look at that beauty. So let me... Let me wrap this up by saying this. Sean, you have come on this podcast and you've scared everyone with how little we should trust Facebook and how everything would be chaos if the world was to end. It's not been very positive. So I think I'm going to give you the opportunity to finish this off by saying something positive. Something to put us all in a good mood again. Of all times to live in the world, we are living in the best time. Why? If you want to look at a picture of a dog, yeah. How long does it take you to look at a picture of a dog? Seconds. Seconds. How long do you think it would have taken in 1970? A long time. How long would you think it would have taken in, like, I don't know, 2000 BC? Well, I've, there's no pictures uh, in 2000 BC. Well, you're just finding there's, closest there's dog. Paintings. Do you, does your and I tribe can have look a dog? At dogs. I don't know. Does my tribe have a dog? Good Where question. do I live? Um, you're Danish, so you're a Viking. Vikings yeah. have dogs. You're wolves, right? I don't know that we have dogs. We might have wolves. I don't know much about the Viking Age. Find your closest dog and hug them, people. Yeah. And with that, I think we'll end this week's episode. Sean. Thank you so much for coming on and scaring everyone. Thank you for having me. I'm, it's been a pleasure. This has been... I've only 
recorded two episodes of this podcast, but this has definitely been a memorable episode because let me take you, the listener, behind the curtains a little bit. We have stopped this. We've had to stop this recording multiple times. Basically, what I want to say to end this show is this show is very much a work in progress. I think you can tell that, John. I can. I want to make this show actually good. And for that, I need ideas. And I have a lot of ideas that I'm working on. What I want to do, basically my vision for this show is I want to have one or two segments per episode with the guest to bring a little bit more structure. Because the, the beauty and the danger with this format of the show is that it leaves everything to you, the guest, like yes. of the conversation. And that just means that every episode is completely different. It's completely off the cuff as well. Yeah. Which I think is beautiful, but it would be nice with a little bit of structure. But you then again, maybe it would And like a repeating segment, I don't know, like... Maybe you got a segment, introduce it with a bit of music or some sort of intro, and yeah. it's like quick fire questions. Yeah. And like, you've got no time to think about it. The guest has to just give the first word, the first thing they can think of. You've got the questions lined up. You ask them, they answer, you ask them, they answer, and it goes on. Maybe my segment will be asking my guest about segment ideas. Is that a segment? Is this a segment? This might be a segment. Oh, no, this is a segment. Tune in next week to find out whether this is a segment. My name is Simon, <laughs> and this has been What Do You Want to Talk About? John, thank you for coming on. Um, I'll be back next week. I don't know with who yet. Actually, I do, but I won't, I'm not going to spoil it like I did last week. All right. Um, what Do You Want to Talk About is available literally everywhere where you would listen to podcasts. Um, Spotify, check. iTunes, check. Pocket Cast, check. Google Play, check. Anywhere you can think of. I'm sure it'll be available. And if it's not, I'm really sorry. Uh, go follow us on Twitter at WDYWTA pod, P-O-D, at WDYWTA pod. And we'll, I'll try and update that as much as possible. Thank you so much for listening. Um, speak to you all next week. Bye. Night. Night. No? No.